The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Don't forget, um, right now the competition is live, right? And the number to call in is 340-718-0761. Be the 12th caller of that number, right? 718-0761, area code 340. And win a pair of tickets to the Taste of Two Islands that's being held on Thursday, December 14th over at the Antilles School, the Mark C. Marin Center over there in St. Thomas. Some programming notes before we get to our, uh, our number two. Uh, I guess, of course, you know, today is the last day of November, the last day of the hurricane season. You know what I'm saying? So, PBS News Hour at 7, right? Recovery and Focus at 8. Iconic America at 9, right? They start to explore the history of the iconic Fenway Park, home of the Boston Red Sox, where you have the green monster over there uh, in left field. Right then, Iconic America, a second uh, episode tonight. Explore the history of the Los Angeles landmark becoming uh, an international symbol. That's from 10 to 11. Then we have another edition of Iconic America. They said, discover how the Gasden flag has been co-opted by, by a variety of Americans over its long history. And then at midnight, I'm a poor company because you know why, right? Time turn back. Okay? So we got three editions of Iconic America beginning at 9 o'clock. Okay, 9, 10, 11. That is preceded by recovering focus at 8 and then the news hour, okay, at 7. Okay, so uh, that's uh, Channel 12, right? So don't forget, right, be the 12th caller. You can win yourself a pair of tickets to a taste of two islands taking place two weeks from today, right, December 14th at the Mark C. Marin. It's a, 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 a late afternoon uh, evening event. I think it starts at 5.30, right, thereabouts. And goes until like 10 o'clock, right? So, looking forward to uh, seeing you there. Now, uh, we have our guest on the line uh, for uh, our uh, number two. I believe Mr. J. Michael McCormick uh, has joined us. Uh, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Introduce yourself to the audience, if you will. Hi, my name is uh, Mike McCormick. I am the Media Relations Director and Education Coordinator for U.S. Virgin Island Poison Control. And hopefully shortly we'll be joined by Dr. Don Soley, who is the director of the Poison Control Center, but she's been detained for just the moment. Okay, not a problem. Um, first time I'm hearing about this, tell us about the Poison Control Center. Well, yeah, the Poison Control Center has been in uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands for um, about 15 years. Uh, we're funded federally uh, through HRSA, um, 
And, you know, one of the things that we've been trying to do for 15 years is get the word out. Uh, the Poison Control Center is an information and an emergency hotline that's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all 365 days a year. If you have any sort of poisoning emergency or question, and I'll get into what constitutes that in just a second, um, you're free to call us. And every time you call, you're talking to a medical professional. So you're talking to a, a doctor, a nurse, a pharmacist, or a physician assistant. It's not like uh, calling you know, police or, or a 911 dispatcher. You're actually talking to a medical professional, and it is a telemedicine appointment completely free because it is completely funded by the federal government. Um, we take calls from the general public, um, but we also work very closely uh, with your hospital there on um, St. Croix. As a matter of fact, they're the largest caller to us. We are connected to the National Poison Database, so we keep a database of calls just from the U.S. Virgin Islands. Um, and in this center, we also uh, do the state of Florida, so we have a database of all the calls from Florida Every eight minutes, those are updated into the National Poison Database, and then we get that information back. So we track over 500,000 different toxins, and that number grows every day. So that's everything from every type of medicine that somebody takes, uh, illegal drugs, um, household cleaners, uh, chemicals, um, and anything that kind of bites or stings, so everything from uh, jellyfish to, uh, to centipedes, we've got that covered also. Um, our people that answer the phones, as I said, are uh, medical professionals, so they've done all their medical schooling. And then when they come to work for us, they have to go through a 1,000-hour uh, training program and at the end of that pass a national exam to become a certified specialist in poison information. Um, and then they are free then to, to work the phones to help you. And again, it's a free call. It's free when we work with the hospital. Um, you know, when you look at the, the residents that are working in the emergency department at the hospital, they may only see a certain type of poisoning once or twice a year. We deal with it almost every day. So they call us and we serve as a consult and we have a toxicologist available 24 hours a day to answer their very deep medical um, questions as they get into it. Uh, nationally, there are only 55 poison centers that handle all 50 um, U.S. states and all the U.S. territories. So every U.S. territory has a poison center assigned to it. Um, we, we have the contract for the U.S. Virgin Islands uh, for St. Croix, St. Thomas, St. John's. Um, I was just over there at the beginning of school, as a matter of fact, um, and spent a couple of days on St. Croix, a couple of days on St. Thomas, and a day on St. John. Okay. When you say HRSA, you're talking about the Health Resources Services Administration? Yep. yep that's exactly who. Okay. Okay, good. Now, uh, you mentioned pesticides, and we had an unfortunate situation here in the territory some years back. Um, talk a little bit about um, the, the regulatory um, requirements and aspects associated with pesticides because folks use pesticides. I mean, oh, well, we actually, you know, we hire people um, to come and, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, they fumigate and all that stuff. So talk a little bit about that, if you will. Well, and, and, and that can be very dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had an incident uh, in Miami this year uh, where they were uh, fumigating a warehouse on a weekend and uh, the material uh, apparently got out in the vehicle on their way to go do the fumigation, and it ended up uh, killing a couple of individuals. So 
you know, pesticides are, are, are very, very dangerous, and, and we kind of look in um, two areas there. That the, the first is the correct handling of pesticides. Um, you know, sometimes people think, you know, I've got a bigger problem, I want to use more, but you really have to follow the manufacturer's uh, recommendation on how to use uh, the, the pesticides, how to dilute it correctly, how to apply it correctly. Um, and then, you know, it's safety equipment when applying it to make sure that, you know, eye protection, hand protection, so stuff isn't blowing back on uh, skin or getting into eyes um, as they're doing that. Uh, you know, fumigation, you've got to get into, uh, you know, air, um, you know, what what is required under the different pesticides. And it's amazing the number of pesticides. Uh, the, the, the laundry list of them is, is voluminous. Um, and one of the things that works out really well is, and when people develop new pesticides, they actually have to turn that information into us. So we have that information in the um, National Poison database that also includes um, how to uh, treat people, um, whether it's antidotes, sometimes it might be something as simple as washing um, eyes out uh, to do it. But again, that's why it's so important to, to have the the Poison Information Hotline, which is 1-800-222-1222 um, in, in your mobile phone, so that if you do come across a problem that, uh, you know, that you can immediately um, call. You know, the other danger with pesticides would be after they're applied, if somebody gets into them. And I'm being joined right now by Dr. Don Soli, who is, is the director. Um, and Don, he just asked the questions about pesticides and the dangers and kind of regulatory um, stuff around pesticides. Well, one of the biggest dangers we encounter with pesticides is how people properly apply them. So making sure that they're using proper protective equipment, making sure that they're reading the instructions and mixing the product appropriately. Because the biggest problem is, is that they're getting exposed because they're either mixing it wrong, it's too strong, or they're not following the instructions and they're exposing themselves while they're applying it. The other thing that we can see with pesticides would be, you know, kind of the more standard stuff that you have around the home that you apply yourself and, and leaving that in an area where children can get into it. Um, if we look at all the poison centers put together across the country, somewhere between 35 and 40% of our calls are for children under the age of six years old. And a lot of times it's because they can get access to um, chemicals like this that are left on a low shelf or, or in a carport somewhere that, that's very easy to get to. Okay. Now, you said um, how many different toxins? There's that? more than 500,000 toxins that we track, and that number grows. When I started at the Poison Center two years ago, um, when I was out doing education, the number was more than 400,000. So we've crossed 500,000 now. And as I said, that database get, gets updated um, virtually daily. Wow. Um, the young lady who joined you, Dr. Soli, that's, that's, her, that's her name? Yeah. yeah, Dr. Soli. Dr. Soli, good morning. Dr. Soli, how are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Tell us a little bit about yourself um, and, and how you got into uh, this this subject area. So I was a pharmacy student for the University of Florida, mm -hmm. and in my last year of rotations as a pharmacy student, I ended up spending a month at the Florida Poison Information Center, and it really interested me. 
Um, I was very fascinated by it. It is certainly not what I thought I was ever going to do for a job, um, being that I grew up in Virginia. So um, they had an opening for a fellowship for two years to be able to train in this area in toxicology. And I ended up applying for it and getting chosen for it. Um, and honestly, after that, I've just, like, never left. So I was chosen to be the assistant director after my fellowship and then now the director. So all total, I've been here about 28 years now. At the University of Florida? Well, I'm affiliated with the University of Florida, but at the Florida Poison Information Center. Oh, Florida, Center. Florida Poison Information Center. Okay. okay, good. And again, the Poison Center, where well, it started 28 years ago, what year did we start in the U.S. Virgin Islands? Was it... 2006, 2008? Yeah, it's right around there. I'd honestly have to go back and look. I, I so think, we I, also I think that's around, a separate I, center for the U.S. Virgin Islands. Yeah, I think, I think that's around the same time we had that incident over there on St. John. Um, and uh, uh, the, it was unfortunate because some folks were staying at a, um, at a residence in St. John, I believe a condominium or something, and uh, they got exposed to, to a pesticide, uh, and that's when a lot of us learned. So we actually had to uh, in, um, incorporate um, pesticide statutes, um, anti-pesticide uh, statutes and regulations um, to actually protect us from ourselves um, because um, we found out um, the hard way um, that you know, if you don't have the proper regular, regulatory uh, statutes in place, um, it could be painful. You know? So it's, it's, that, that's very, very uh, important. Mr. McCormick, where are you from? Oh, where am I from? Origi uh, originally, yeah, because well, Miss Oli's from Virginia. Where are you from originally? I, I'm from Tennessee originally, but I was a journalist for 35 years, so I've lived all over um, the United States. Uh, and I actually have a tie to the U.S. Virgin Islands. Um, my uh, great uncle was Captain Johnny Harms, who is largely credited with uh, developing the Blue Marlin fishing industry, and he built the big marina. Um, out in Red Hook, okay. um, over on St. Thomas. Okay, okay. Um, we yeah. we owned that until the um, till the early '80s uh, when it was sold to the I believe it's called the American Yacht Club mm -hmm. um, that owns that big marina over there now. Oh, okay, okay. So you got you got connections to the territory then? I do, I do. Yes, my my family did. Again, I was a, I was a child uh, when when we had the connections over there, but. Uh, Captain Harms definitely had us uh, in that area. And anybody that knows fishing over in that area knows Captain Harms. No, without, without a doubt. Um, so talk about your relationship with our local Department of Health. Uh, we work with the, um, the, the local Department uh, of Health. Uh, matter of fact, I met with a, a member when I was back there in, uh, uh, in August. Um, but, again, we work with everybody. Um, and, and that's one of the nice things with the way our contract works with the federal government is that a citizen can call us, a school can call us, the police can call us, um, the health department can call us, um, and then we also keep all the data based on the calls. Now, we are HIPAA compliant, so we can't release, uh, you know, names or identifying information, but one of the things that, that we can serve to do is um, kind of be the canary in the coal mine for a problem that... Uh, that were to pop up, and I'm going to, I'm going to use an example from, from Florida from two years ago, but, but we actually had a batch of illegal, um, what they call synthetic marijuana or K2 spice 
uh, that hit the streets in the uh, Tampa, Florida area. And the people that had developed it, because quite honestly, there is no marijuana in synthetic marijuana. It, it's all basically a chemistry experiment. And anytime somebody uses something like that, you really don't know what you're getting. And in this case, the substance uh, was cut with um, a chemical called prodificum, which is basically the active ingredient in rat poison. Um, it causes people to uh, bleed on the inside. Well, when this illegal drug hit the street at just three patients showing up um, in hospitals, we identified that there was a problem, immediately contacted the Florida Department of Health, who put an alert out to surrounding hospitals. And within about an hour, we had figured out there were 14 patients and we knew we had a real problem on our hand and were able to hit the medium media. And it, it sounds crazy that we would have to say, hey, if you bought illegal drugs, we've got an alert for you, but we did. Um, and it ended up being more than 53 patients, um, some of whom are still being treated almost two years later. Um, and I think there were four or six fatal cases. I can't remember the, the, the exact number off the top of my head. But that's how we work with the Department of Health. And one of the things that's important about um, you know, an interview like we're doing today, and, and, and it's my outreach efforts when, I, uh, when, I, when I'm over in the territory is, we need to get this number into more people's phones. Um, and, and we do it a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, one, I work with media. I do interviews like this. Um, I, I do another radio show there in St. Croix on a, on a group of stations that are above the hardware store there. Um, but we also go out, we meet with people. I meet with all the pharmacies um, on St. Croix when I'm there. I meet with different governmental uh, folks when I'm there. But when you look at call statistics in the continental United States, about somewhere between 65 and 75 percent of the calls come from the home, and about 25 percent come from medical facilities. When we look at the call volume in the Virgin Islands, we get 75 percent of our calls from medical. And when, and when I say that, that's really largely just three hospitals. That's your hospital there on St. Croix. That's the one in St. Thomas. Um, and it, it's it's the little facility there nice. um, in the middle of um, St. John's. Yeah, we only get yeah. about 25% of the calls from home. And yet, here's the thing. Most let, of let, the let, time hold, hold on one second right there because we're going to a break, and I don't want you to, to, okay. to, to get into that detail that I have to interrupt you. We got uh, Mr. Uh, McCormick and Ms. Soli joining us today. We're talking about the USVI Poison Information Center. Uh, we'll take a break and come back and talk, and, and talk some more. And don't forget to give away 718 718- 0761. Uh, we haven't gotten to that 12 caller yet, so make sure you call in to get those two free tickets to our taste of two islands two weeks from today. Be back right after this. Opportunities at Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers CDs for education, homes, or vacations. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. A penalty might be imposed for early withdrawal, new money only. Funds may not be transferred from existing Bank of St. Croix accounts to CDs. Rates subject to change at any time. Fees may reduce earnings and principal. www.bankofstcroix.com. Member FDIC. Human beings have been making music for tens of thousands of years. It brings us together. It has the power to communicate emotions and ideas. It's a profound part of the human experience. Hear the stories behind the music you love and new music you might fall in love with. 
I'm Raina Duras. Join me for in-depth interviews with artists who are continuing that musical history on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big that cowboy hat on. <laughs> he looked like, like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Doom scrolling. Let's break that habit, folks. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where if you want to know what's going on in the world and why it matters, all you have to do is give your thumb a rest and perk up your ears. We've got the news, but we've also got curiosity, joy, and surprise. Tune in for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And we're back here on Analyze This, and we're talking with Mr. Uh, Mike McCormick, even though his name is J. Michael McCormick, right? And uh, Ms. Don Stoli, Stoli, that's how you pronounce it? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You, you uh, want me to pick up where I was because I had a couple more things to say. Yeah, 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 go right ahead. Uh, but I want to make sure I got the right name for Ms. Soli. What's the, what's the first name? Don. Okay, Don. Okay, Don Soli. Okay, good. You got it. Go right ahead, Mr. McCormick. Yeah, so the, the important thing, we were talking about the, the poison information line, 1-800-222-1222, and that more of our calls are coming from healthcare. And you know, as I went around while, while I was meeting with folks, I, I met with one of the superintendents of the school system. I met with all the principals on uh, St. Thomas and St. John. It is explaining to people the real value in our service is, because a lot of people that I talked to said if, if they have you know, a really bad sting or they, they spill some household cleaners in their eyes, their immediate thing is to go to the hospital. And, and that obviously costs you money when you do that. About 85% of the times when people call us from home, we can actually treat you over the phone for free. And then the other thing we serve, that other 15% of the time, you know, we're essentially doing triage saying you need to, uh, to head to the hospital and, and then we call ahead to the hospital, and we'll give the hospital a heads up um, what they're to expect, and we'll go over, um, you know, treatment regimens, whether it's uh, therapies, antidotes um, that would need to be done. But, again, a lot of times we could help, and I, I, I'll just tell you a, a quick story. I was in the airport to leave, and um, I, I was sitting and a group of people came up and sat around me, and I, I struck up a conversation with a um, lady from Miami who was over uh, teaching about um, insurance for re-enrollment period that was coming up. And she had brought her kids with her, and her daughter got stung by a Portuguese man-of-war while um, swimming and, and had a bad reaction to it. And they were off to the hospital, and they were looking at um, airlifting her uh, back to to the mainland, 
And I said, if she had just called, we could have worked through and, and, and definitely we would have talked about what treatments to, to help ease the sting for something for like that. For the pain, right. And then also whether or not if they're having more of an allergic reaction, maybe they might have a medication at home that they might be able to administer um, to try and decrease that reaction. Okay, good. A uh, couple of things I, I wanted to uh, say uh, to you. Um, Mr. McCormick, one of my listeners, had me to know that um, they said Johnny Harms Marina, now the American Yacht Harbor, that was one of the biggest marinas on St. Thomas at one point. So, you know, you hit on a you hit on a nerve. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so that's good, right? That that's number one. Number yep. two, Miss um, Soli. Uh, good morning once again. Uh, the state of Ohio recently uh, legalized. Uh, marijuana during the last, uh, there was a referendum in the last election, and that'll that'll become uh, legal on December the 7th. When states, that's the 24th state uh, to do so, when states take this quantum leap, um, um, what kind of educational component is required or are you, are, is your entity, uh, are you willing to play to help educate us? Because there are some bad people out there who are willing to do things and they will lace um, drugs um, for whatever reason, sometimes recreationally, sometimes just have bad intent. Um, so what can we do? Uh, what should we be telling uh, people who are you know, looking to dabble uh, into using uh, recreational uh, marijuana and, 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 and legalized drugs um, to be careful about? Sure. So I'm going to talk about marijuana on two different levels. In other words, one is the legalized version that is not recreational, and that's medicinal marijuana. And then the other would be like the recreational marijuana that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So when we have medicinal marijuana, the big thing that you want to make sure of is that families are keeping it up and away from children. Because the real danger is, is that these products are really highly concentrated and they have a higher strength to them. And so therefore, if a child gets even a part of a brownie or different pieces of um, a gummy or even the plant material, it could be very devastating to a small child. So they really need to make sure that they're keeping it up and away from um, the children be, and treat it like a medication. In other words, it really needs to be up and away. Now, if there are some things as far as that a, an area can do to try and prepare for getting recreational marijuana in their area, most regulations are going to try and do something about maybe packaging, trying to make it child resistant would be a good thing to try and decrease the access to a child. Um, a lot of times they want to decrease any advertising and making it appealing to children um, to try and decrease the fact that it's out and about. Uh, there's also some issues about the quantity. So if there's recreational marijuana that's out there, how often can they get it? Are there going to be some restrictions on how much they can get at a time? Also, um, there's been some talk of like a universal symbol on the product um, to make it more recognizable that that's what it is. So there certainly are some things out there that you can do um, or that the, the location can do governmentally. But to try and prepare for people that, unfortunately, streetwise, you never know what you're getting. Mm -hmm. And that really is um, kind of, unfortunately, a take-home message because even here we have um, 
products laced with fentanyl, with methadone, with other opiate-type products, um, with cocaine. Um, there are certainly, and, that, and someone was just thinking they were going to go out and buy some marijuana, and, they're, and they are. They're ending up in the ER with laced products. There really isn't a way, because someone, even if there are legal recreational products, that doesn't mean someone's still not going to go buy it on the street. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the danger. So legal recreational means, yes, there's going to be some standards for those locations. So those hopefully should not be tainted. They, those should have standards to them because they do. They have growers that grow for it and so forth. But if people are still buying off the street from, you know, some guy on the corner, there is no regulations. There are no standards. You have no idea what you're getting. And I really encourage people to not do that, especially if recreational marijuana is legalized and you can go to some place where there are some standards. Yeah, and Neville, one of the big selling points is the dispensaries provide safety. Yeah. But with the government, dispensaries become taxes, which make it more expensive, um, regulations, which make it um, more expensive. And, of course, the regulations are the thing that, um, you know, does make it safer. You know, here, here's the number I want to throw at you, 1,375%. That is the increase in poisonings from THC-related products from 2017 to 2021 in the United States. Wow. And when the data is broken down into, because that includes all THC products, and, and I'll come to that in just a second. Dr. Soli can definitely add far more color as the medical expert that, than I can tell you about this. But in the states with recreational marijuana, and as you said, uh, Ohio just became the 24th just the other day. Florida is going to have it on the ballot coming up, so we may become the 25th or the 26th state to have it. Mm -hmm. But again, that's all THC products because what a lot of people don't um, understand is that when you, you talk about marijuana, which, which comes from the cannabis plant, you're talking about a, a substance that my, my toxicologist here called Delta-9. That is the psychoactive agreement uh, ingredient that's what you think of that gets people high. Well, when you take the cannabis plant, you can also break it off into the hemp plant. Well, and the hemp well, plant uh, on, on this show, we, we use a different terminology, feeling nice. not Feeling not, nice, <laughs> got it. Well, the hemp, the hemp plant um, was legalized under the 2018 Farm Bill. Um, and, and the idea when the, the Farm Bill came into effect was so that they could use hemp to make things like rope and clothing, purses, um, things like that. Yeah. But so people got together and figured out that while Delta 9 makes people feel really nice, there's another, what, almost 200? There's a whole ton of other cannabinoids that are in, in the plant. So they figured out how to synthetically make Delta 8, which is Delta 9's cousin. It's very, if we were to draw out the, the thing for you, you really you're moving one small little bar in this little diagram that, that comes out. It also can make you, you feel good. Mm -hmm. in, the, in its natural part, if it was harvested from the hemp plant, it's not, um, it doesn't have the same like uh, potency that a Delta 9 would. Well, they figured out how to synthetically make this product. So when it is synthetically made and because it's covered by the farm bill, it doesn't come under the FDA. So the Food and Drug Administration is not looking at it. And it's now sold in gas stations and smoke shops. Um, all across the U.S. Virgin Islands, I've seen it. You have Delta 8. They're now coming out with Delta 10. 
There's Delta 11. There's THCO. Uh, there's a THC. P, I, I, the products come so fast. And, and what, what becomes really dangerous for us and what we see is that the products are made in sugary treats like gummy bears or, you know, these little rope necklaces. And, and while I hate to call it a dose because it's not really medicine, but, but it really is a dose. So um, think about like a Hershey chocolate bar. You know how it has those little squares that all connect together? Yeah. So in a medical marijuana, uh, one square might be your dose for a day. Well, I got to ask you a question. If a five-year-old comes across a Hershey bar, how many of those squares do you think he eats? Oh, my gosh. He eats all of them. Yeah. I was going to say, and and that's really adults. I mean, in looking at our data from last year, our oldest THC um, exposure call we got was a 92-year-old who had two stacks of candy bars in the refrigerator, and he grabbed the wrong one. Um, And and so, you know, these Delta products are a a huge problem for us, uh, especially because they're so accessible. And then they're packaged a lot of times with bright colors, um, cartoon characters. Um, even cake pops. Yep. We had a hospitalization due to a cake pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, it was a kid from Ohio. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was visiting. I remember, um, I remember there was a, a remember remember there was there was a brownie there was a brownie thing right at one point. Yeah, uh, yeah. like yeah. a cake pop's kind of like a brownie. But yeah. the uh, um, heck, when I was in St. Thomas, the uh, superintendent of schools there told me he got a, a the wrong brownie at a. Um, uh, uh, at an event somewhere? At a, at a store somewhere, and uh, it ended up sending him to the hospital. So oh. it, it's, it's very easy to do, and the problem is, and Dr. Soling talked to this, it's really then in a brownie, it's about getting too much of it because you were only supposed to eat a portion. Mm-hmm. Correct. And, again, a child is going to be so much more at risk for that because, you know, everyone talks about, oh, well, you're trying to get involved in regulating marijuana, and you're trying to, no, I'm trying to protect the children. So, you know, adults are going to do what adults are going to do, but I really want to make sure that people understand that this can be very dangerous to children if children get into it um, because of how it's packaged, how it's um, made, how they make it appealing. There are just so many variables that it's just set up to be so dangerous for little children. And and here's the problem for the USVI right now. Um, With tourism being such a big part of your... uh, economy mm-hmm. is that with all these states that are passing recreational people think they can just bring it so you're going to have people trying to bring it into um the u.s virgin islands because they're just so used to in states like colorado washington oregon um now illinois uh at ohio to that list they're so used to having it available that they, they just bring it with them as they, as they go to places. And, and that's additional to medical marijuana. And I know that was passed in the USBI, but I believe it the last time I looked, you, you still don't have all the rules in place to... Um, yeah, yeah we're, work, we're, working on, we're working on that right now. By the way, I just wanted to thank you, um, Dr. Soli, right? Um, yes. Because um, <clears throat> one of the things that we, we have fun with here on this particular show is expanding our vocabulary and uh, Dr. Soli, uh, you mentioned the word canna- cannabinoid, right? Yes. And they said the word cannabinoid refers to every chemical substance, regardless of structure or origin, that joins the cannabinoid receptors of the body and brain and that have similar effects to those produced by the cannab- cannabis sativa plant, right? So I, I want to thank you very much because I learned something this morning, cannabinoid, right? And it also... 
And, and by the way, I get an education every day here in the Poison Center yeah, with all their uh, words. Yeah. And, and then, I, but, I, but what's interesting, what I read here, it says research has found that the cannabis plant produces between 80 and 100 cannabinoids and about 300 non-cannabinoid chemicals. Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. Well, and that, and that part of the problem with that is that... Why, why is it a problem, though? Careful. We pass the law, but the laws are very specific to the chemical structure mm-hmm. of that cannabinoid. So if you go in and clamp down, they just did this in Florida, where we looked at the Delta 8 problem. And so they went in and raised the age to buy it to 28, and they changed the packaging requirements. Well, the problem is then you go to one of these other the, one of these other cannabinoids or non-cannabinoids that can have psychoactive tendencies, and you produce a new product that's now not regulated. So we're constantly chasing the the regulation, and we see this in um, with street drugs. And, and you guys had a problem back when they were um, back a few months ago when they were trying to start the. Um, what was that? The rum factory back up again. Yeah. And some folks from the mainland came in and they brought fentanyl into your community and some analogs of fentanyl. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Dr. Soli can explain analogs a whole lot better than I can. So I'll toss that over to her. Well, I, again, that just means that it's similar to a, a parent compound or a parent drug, but that, again, that they're tweaking it a little bit and, and altering it changing and putting a different methyl group here or there, but that there's, it still causes very similar effects, or it can sometimes be more potent. Correct. And that's what happens with some of the fentanyl analogs is, is that they are more potent um, and, in fact, could be even used for, like, veterinary medicine and things like that because they um, are more potent. You know, they could be used to tranquilize an elephant. And, and you no, know, no, hold, hold, on, hold, on one se- hold on one second there because, uh, Mr. McCormick, you're in full flight this morning. You know what I'm saying? You, you really just, you know, <laughs> you got all the information lined up and all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> w- w- one of the things that, uh, oh, by the way, uh, you said that hotline number is 1-800-221-1222? Okay, 222-1222. Okay, so that's because one of my, my listeners called in. So, um, Carla, uh, that number is, the hotline number is 1-800-222-1222. Okay, and we're talking with um, uh, Dr. Don Soli and Mr. J. Michael McCormick. Uh, he referred to himself as Mike McCormick. And we're talking about the USVI Poison Information Center. Learning a lot here in a very short time. What we'll do is we'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about the importance of why the U.S. government um, has drug schedules and how you can educate yourself and, and how they, you know, um, delineate um, what's the schedule one from a schedule two, three, and four drug? We'll take a break and be back right after this. WTJX's Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Culturman Silcat. Tickets are on sale now through Thursday, December 14th. 
Tickets are available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Site Mall, and Bonita's Cantina in Niski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at wtjx.org forward slash taste or call 340-774-6255. Shuttle service will be available from Haven Site Park lot to the MCM Center. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are VI Lottery, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, the VI Housing Finance Authority, and the VI Public Finance Authority. It's the return of the taste, Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget. There are many complex issues that arise in our territory. Comes with the territory with Leslie Comision. Join me, Leslie Comision, for a breakdown of political issues facing our territory, one conversation at a time. I'm here to be the voice you can rely on for information that is straightforward and comprehensive. Tune in to be a part of the discussion. It all comes with the territory. Comes with the territory airs Sundays at 1 p.m. and re-airs at 7 p.m. on WTJX TV Channel 12. Music can be an incredibly personal experience. A song can inspire you, it can comfort you, it can make you feel understood, but it can even take you back to a specific moment in your life. And it all begins with the artist. Join me, Raina Duras, as I get personal through in-depth interviews with your favorite musicians and find out where those songs come from on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nawaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV, Channel 12. back here analyze this and before we get back to this great conversation with mr mccormick and miss soli i want to congratulate amber knight from saint thomas she's the, the first winner of our ticket giveaway for uh, a taste at two islands which takes place two weeks from today uh, on december 14th over there in saint thomas at the anthony school the mark c marion uh, center so that that giveaway today actually worked to perfection so thank you very much danny challenger for hooking it up danny you'll be over there right we, we hanging out Right, we have a good time. And remember now, all the winners, right? Make sure to come and look for me, right? Can't miss me. I gonna be wearing a fedora. You check out, I gotta wear a hat. You know what I'm saying? Look for a hat, man. And that's me and all that stuff. Uh, uh, let's get back to the conversation. Uh, we got uh, Mr. McCormick and uh, Ms. Don, Don Soley. Uh, Mr. McCormick, your actual uh, title is Media Relations Education Coordinator for yeah, Florida. For, for Florida and the USVI Poison Information Center. And the hotline is 1-800-222-1222. And Ms. Soli, good morning once again. How are you? Thanks. Good. And your, your, your role is? I'm the director of the Florida and USBI Poison Information Center. Oh, you're the director. Okay, good thing, good thing. Glad to have you on today. So I mentioned um, scheduling, right? And everybody knows about Schedule 1, which is um, no, no medical... Uh, 
benefit or documented medical benefit and a high potential for abuse. Can you go through those um, schedules, if you will? I believe there are five schedules. Can you break those down? Clearly, it's about the level of uh, uh, addiction and abuse, what have you, but just for the audience's benefit, I'd appreciate that. potential is the schedule one drug and those are the ones that you're right that there's they really don't think there's any medical benefit to it or medical use at it schedule and and one thing we should add in there the uh the biden administration right now is looking at moving marijuana to number three right to a schedule one to a schedule three to schedule three Um, yeah i saw that yeah yeah so when you when you're looking at you know Drugs that, that hit the Schedule 1, you're talking about stuff like heroin, LSD. Um, ecstasy. That, ecstasy that fits that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, schedule, schedule 2 is kind of the next step down where they have a high potential for abuse. There also are some limitations as to getting refills on those. In other words, like Schedule 2 substances, normally you have to um, – it's month by month. It's not something where they'll give you like six refills for the for the year kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So schedule two examples, things like that would include um, things that contain a certain amount of either hydrocodone um, or oxycodone. Um, it also includes some of your attention deficit disorder drugs like Adderall and Ritalin. Um, so those are kind of, that's the schedule two. So those are kind of the month by month. They do have a high potential for abuse, but they are used medicinally. Mm-hmm. Schedule three? Schedule, schedule three is that kind of, again, we're going down. So that means that you can get refills on schedule three drugs. Um, an example of this would be like Tylenol with codeine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like a prime example for that. Um, they have less potential for abuse. Um, and that's just kind of how they're ranked. And uh, anabolic, I see anabolic steroids. Uh, yeah, is it is in, is in, is in um, schedule testosterone. three? Yeah. Testosterone, yeah. That's yeah. another one. Um, schedule four is they have a low potential for abuse and even a lower risk for dependence. Some examples of those are your medications that are used for sleep or anxiety. Mm-hmm. So like Valium or Xanax. Um, those are kind of the big examples in there. Ambient. Uh, another one that... Um, can be used kind of for pain that's in there would be like tramadol. Yeah, an ambient, um, an ambient as well. Ambient is a schedule four yes. drug. Yep, ambient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then schedule five is honestly really they have the lowest potential for abuse. Um, they just contain kind of the one I think of that the most is like your um, some of your cough syrups that contain codeine, like Robitussin AC. Um, that's an example of it. Uh, and then there's some of them, like Lamotil is an antidiarrheal product that contains um, a really low dose of an opiate. Um, and those are ones that you can go and get from the, the pharmacy as well. And Neville, though, one of the things, though, that we see right now, and it, it, it's the changing face of uh, the drug epidemic right now, and quite honestly, it started 40 miles from you in Puerto Rico, is that, that we've moved back to almost what they had in the 70s, if you remember kind of speed balls that came up in the 70s. Today, most of the illegal drugs we're seeing really are a cocktail. So a lot of times you'll hear somebody say that somebody died from a fentanyl overdose, and that may or may not be true because a lot of times it, it's fentanyl with something like a Xanax in it, 
Um, and then xylazine is what really exploded in Puerto Rico to add to um, fentanyl. And xylazine is a, uh, a veterinary drug um, for, for large animals like horses and, and, and cows. But with fentanyl users, they found that it kind of smoothed out the high or extended the high, at least is what we're being told. Now, a lot of times you'll find coke or meth. So even though we have all this scheduling, most of what we see in the illegal drug market today is what we, uh, uh, the new term we now call it is polydrug use. Um, and so it is a whole bunch of stuff kind of mixed together into a cocktail. And sometimes it can all be in just a small little pill, something the size of a, um, a Tylenol or aspirin. And I, I think one other thing we'd be remiss if we didn't um, talk about, it's, it's one of our main messages, is that, you know, even um, stuff that you consider not very dangerous, like acetaminophen, which is Tylenol, um, uh, ibuprofen, which is, is Motrin, those are things that actually drive a lot of our calls in the poison center because when children get into them, a lot of times they mistake pills for candy. And so a bottle of Tylenol that's sitting out, somebody could, could jump into and take 10, 12, 14 Tylenol, and, and that's um, much more than the recommended daily dose, and that leads to calls. Yeah. Also, yeah. the other danger with acetaminophen is because it's in everybody's home, it is the number one substance that adolescents use to try and kill themselves with. Wow. So, what, 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 um, what's what the biggest, what, based on, on the data that you're looking at and, and all that stuff, What's the biggest concern for us here in the Virgin Islands as it relates to to poison and and drug use and the potential for drugs to be laced and all that stuff? Based on what you based on what you're seeing, Mr. McCormick and, and Ms. Oli. Well, one of our limitations is is that the data that we get from the Virgin Islands, unfortunately, is mostly from the hospital. Uh-huh. It's not from the home call. So we get a better idea of what's kind of going on in the area when we do get more calls from the home. And that's kind of what Mike was encouraging is for people to have that phone number, the 1-800-222-1222 in the home. So that way we can, and you get a better idea of what's going on in the community. Unfortunately, when, it's, when we're limited to just the hospital calls, unfortunately that means that it's normally the more serious cases or it's the ones that the physicians think they need a little bit of help with. It may not even be all the cases that come in. So in that case, a lot of them still, we do see, still see quite a good number of acetaminophen cases in the Virgin Islands at the healthcare facility that require antidote administration. And, and cleaning products was number two. It, it yep. starts out with the, the home analgesics and then cleaning products um, move into number two. And again, that's typically driven by um, uh, children under the age of six, and in the Virgin Islands, that's about 25% of our calls are children under the age of six. But one of the things that we, we really want to encourage people is that, you know, it, it, instead of waiting, you know, if somebody got into something and seeing if there's a problem, go on and call us on the front end. And we can go on and start and we can give, um, you know, some advice on, on things to do or ways to monitor Things to look for. Uh, things to look for to, to know whether there will be a problem. Um, you know, I, I, I spend a lot of time there in the Virgin Islands, and when I'm there, a lot of the, they know me as the guy in the red shirt because I always wear a red shirt uh, with our logo on it the whole time that, um, that I'm on island. And I, I was talking to um, a woman in St. Croix one day, and I asked her, um, I said, why do you think 
less people call from home here? And she said, well, maybe we poison our children less. And I, I, I laughed and I said, <laughs> that, that, that's entirely possible. Um, but I, I think it's just a lack of awareness that you can call us. And here's the other thing. You can just call us with a question. It doesn't have to be an emergency. Um, and I'll, I'll give an example. If, if you take herbal supplements and the doctor prescribes you a medicine, sometimes those two, two things don't work together very well. Or if you're on one medicine and you get prescribed another, um, you could call us to see if those drugs are going to um, interact with each other. Um, you know, so we, we deal with stuff like that on a, uh, on a regular basis. Again, bites and stings. Um, I, I've never been uh, stung. Is it stung by centipedes or is it bitten by centipedes? That's a bite. Yeah, Uh, I understand it's very painful from the people that I've talked to over there, um, but we can help with pain management for that. Oh yeah, yeah. Or stingray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting bitten by a a centipede is not a not a pleasant experience. I can tell you that. Okay, for sure. I'm going to take your word for it, and I'm going to try to avoid learning that firsthand. Yeah, yeah. Please do. Please do. Please do. Uh, You know, I want to thank both of you. Uh, for making some time to uh, join us and educate us. Um, can you give the hotline number again, sir? One sure. more time. It's 1-800-222-1222. And, what, and, what, and what, what to expect when somebody calls a hotline? Yeah, sure. So first of all, it is free, it's confidential, and it's staffed by healthcare practitioners. And so when you call, they're going to ask you what happened. They're going to ask you if you can have the product with you on the phone, you know, with at the phone, so that way they can ask you about it. If um, they may ask you the weight, if it was a child, um, how long ago it happened. So they are trained to ask a lot of questions, but that's so that way they can figure out whether or not you can be safely managed in the home. Um, they will also ask your zip code, so that way they get an idea of where you're calling from. Mm-hmm. They do not ask an address. They will ask a name, and the reason that they do that is because in case you call back, you may get one of our other specialists, and then they can pull up that medical chart and have an idea of what was recommended to you, what your symptoms were, any of that. So, again, it's treated just like a medical record. It's confidential. It doesn't go anywhere, and it's free. We also have Facebook and Twitter for um, the USVI and our website, um, you can Google USBI Poison Control, and it'll bring you right to us. Or the actual address is floridapoisoncontrol.org backslash USBI. Um, and then you can also come to the Florida Poison Control website if you want that has uh, different information, but it may be stuff that, um, that you're interested in. But we do spend a lot of time tweeting in the U.S. Virgin Islands. We post a few times a week with um, you know, any information that, that's coming out or alerts that we need to put up. A lot of recalls uh, of products. Um, we get that information out. Right now we're doing um, holiday preparations and talking about uh, dangers with um, holiday decorations, um, you know, holiday food feast. We just did that for Thanksgiving. We'll be doing it again for, uh, you know, Christmas, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa coming up, um, you know, talking about the dangers when you get family together and you have food out, how long it can be out and so forth. Where in Florida are you located? We're in Jacksonville, Florida, which is in the uh, – on the Atlantic Ocean, uh, almost to the state of Georgia. So we're in the very northeast corner uh, of Florida. That's where um, University of North Florida is, right? Up in Jacksonville? Yeah, it, it is. And uh, I, I was surprised the number of people from the U.S. Virgin Islands that uh, that come over here, but I've met several recently. No, we, we have a lot of um, 
Virgin Islanders who've actually lived in that area. I think St. Augustine isn't far from Jacksonville, right? St. Augustine, yeah. St. Augustine. Uh, Saint Augustine matter of fact, yeah. I, I teach college down in St. Augustine at Flagler College on the side. Sometimes one of my, uh, one of our, our doctors, uh, actually a doctor, he's actually from St. Croix, uh, Glenwood Francis. He actually lived up in the Jacksonville area. Good morning, Glenwood, by the way. And thanks for listening to the show if you're listening this morning and all that stuff. I want to thank Mike McCormick and Ms. Don Soli for joining us and uh, enlightening us with respect to Poison Information Center. That hotline number is one 800 222 one two two two. It's confidential. You heard Miss uh, uh, Soli uh, speak to that. It's treated like a medical record. That's that's what you said, right, Miss Soli? That um, is exactly correct. Uh, Doesn't uh, go anywhere. Thank you very much for enlightening the audience and edu- educating us and educating me as well. We appreciate everything you do. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You got it. That's um, Mike McCormick and Don Soli uh, from the USVI Poison Information Center, the Education Coordinator. Uh, what have you. Very enlightening. Right? Cannabinoid. I learned a word this morning. Good morning, um, um, Taika Meal Hunt Caesar. Because, uh, you know, I learned a lot of words with you. We were dealing with, uh, with uh, the pandemic and efficacy. And Bronco, remember you're the one who teach me how to pronounce that there correctly? You know? Efficacy and and the modality and all, all them be good. I know uh, if Doc's cool listening this morning, he's probably smiling because that's something we have fun with uh, here uh, uh, on the, the table talk when we have that uh, with uh, Ronnie and Ronnie Russell and Rocky Labor and, and Doc's cool. Remember one Monday, uh, uh, Ronnie Russell uh, told us about the forestation, uh, that, that big word there, speaking about the Amazon and all that stuff, you know. So anytime I could get educated and my vocabulary could get expanded, you could see the smile on my face. I like that. Check what I'm saying? So, so we good. Great show today. Thank you very much. And to the folks at the Coconut Festival, uh, good luck. Uh, beginning, uh, see you tomorrow night, uh, to Saturday and Sunday. And uh, thank you very much to uh, Mr. McCormick and Ms. Soli. And Renee, congratulations. Looking forward to seeing you. I had a taste of two islands. You're going to do it again tomorrow, then Monday, then Tuesday, then Wednesday, then Thursday, and Friday next week until we give away. Uh, 12 sets, okay? Be good and be safe. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board management. WTJX's Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Culturman Silcat. Tickets are on sale now through Thursday, December 14th. Tickets are available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Site Mall, and Bonita's Cantina in Niski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at wtjx.org forward slash taste or call 340-774-6255. Shuttle service will be available from Haven Site Parking Lot to the MCM Center. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are VI Lottery, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, the VI Housing Finance Authority, and the VI Public Finance Authority. It's the return of the taste, Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget.